Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Let me just, I don't like to start off being cranky. I don't like to start off having a pop at people, but I do like to pull people up on shit. So let's start off with the first comment of the day that I seen from Jitnoon that says, mate, I swear you said he only wants Liverpool. One little thing, I, I may be a man of many talents, but what I cannot do, my friend, is control the media. I cannot control what is said in Spain, what is said by Harry Redknapp, what is said by other outlets. I can only control my own words. And I haven't said Jude Bellingham is going to Madrid. I haven't changed anything. I'm merely reporting what's in the media. And if you choose to throw your toys out of the pram early doors and have a pop at me, that's up to you. But again, I don't control the fucking media. I control my words and what I say. And we will go through it. And I will give you my perspective. And I will tell you why I think it's a load of nonsense. But... Again, maybe show a bit more respect towards me before coming in and trying to have a sly little dig. Again, it's the title of a stream. It's not a definitive fact. It's a question. It's a topic. It's a point to kick off a debate and a conversation. Right, so let's start with Mr. Harry Redknapp for a little moment. So Harry Redknapp changes his opinion more than I change underwear, probably. I don't know if that's a good thing for me, though. Um. So one minute he was saying that he's... That had that... Harry Kane wasn't going to leave Spurs because he's a Spurs boy, even though he isn't. He's a London boy. And now he's talking about him moving clubs. And now we're seeing him linked to United. So then Harry Redknapp says that, you know, somebody close to the Bellingham camp told him that he wants to go to Madrid. And then almost like clockwork, the next day, a story comes out of a paper in Spain saying Jude Bellingham has chosen his next destination and it's Real Madrid. Now, call me cynical. But I like to think this is just a media outlet, you know, finding an easy way to link a Bellingham story to Madrid to get more clicks to put it out there. Have you seen it anywhere else? Have you seen any confirmation of it? Have you seen anything from Dortmund? Have you seen anything from Bellingham? Have you seen anything from any credible media outlets on this side of the water to say that Jude Bellingham has made his destination as Real Madrid? No, because it simply hasn't happened. So, chill. It hasn't happened. And also, 
the point that I think, I don't know if people are willfully ignoring this or they're just trying to stir the pot. But Real Madrid have a number one target, but it is not Jude Bellingham. It's Kylian Mbappe. And it's been Kylian Mbappe for a very, very, very long time. And I know that people want to try and just say we're not getting Bellingham and that he's going to go elsewhere and blah, blah, blah. And look, he may. He may go elsewhere. But he's not their number one target. He has never been their number one target. They want Mbappe, but they don't want to do what they did last summer, which is look foolish and go after Mbappe only for him to change his mind. They will need Kylian Mbappe to climb down off his high horse. They will need Kylian Mbappe to admit that he made a mistake by not going to Madrid last summer and that if he had another opportunity, he wouldn't make the same mistake again. And then the Real Madrid PR team will kick in and the machine will start rolling out the stories. That is my take on what's going to happen with Real Madrid. And that is where I think they're going to spend their money. And also, they don't really need a midfielder like Bellingham. Be nice to have one, but he isn't a priority, in my humble opinion. And also, again, it's coming out of Spain. And how many times have we seen that Bellingham's gone to Madrid? How many times has he signed for Madrid at this point? Because I can probably remember at least seven or eight different stories saying that he's going to Madrid. But... You know, ultimately, there's no fee agreed between the clubs. And Bellingham can't make a decision of where he wants to go if there isn't a deal in place. Be that Liverpool or be that Real Madrid. And also, and this is the kicker, he wants to play for Liverpool. I can't say that enough. We are his number one choice. We are where he wants to go. It is that simple. Doesn't mean we're getting him. Doesn't mean it's a done deal. But I'm telling you, we're his number one choice. Not Real Madrid. Not Manchester City, not PSG. If everything was possible, he would be playing at Liverpool. That's his choice. That's his priority. Uh, I just hope this doesn't come back to bite you. <sighs> bite me how? This is what I don't understand. How is it? What's going to bite me? Everything I've told you has already been proven to be correct. Do you think it's an accident that Henry Winter, Thierry Henry, and many other people have come out and said about Bellingham and Liverpool. Nothing will come back to bite me in the arse. Because everything that I've said has already been proven to be correct. So, again. What's going to bite me in the arse? I've told you all along two things. One, he wants Liverpool. Liverpool want him. What I've always said is, I can't control the fee. I can't control FSG. And I can't control whether they pony up the dough or not. So tell me what I've said that's wrong. Because everything I've said has been spot on. And has been borne out over months and months and months. Drip fed bit by bit by bit. Everybody else played catch up to the stuff that I told people 16 months ago. What about Ugarte? Honestly on Ugarte I haven't got a clue. Haven't got a clue. I've read the same stuff you've probably read. Um, what I will say is from my little bit of research into the people that broke the Ugarte uh, Liverpool stuff. They, they have some credibility to them with regards to the, the outlet. Um, they've gotten stuff right before, but I'm not up enough on Portuguese media to be, able to, um, to be able to give you a definitive on that one. What I know is he's a, a player admired by many Liverpool fans that I speak to on a daily basis or that I interact with in here. And um, yeah, look, I, I don't know is the honest answer. Like I'm as nervous, excited and as uh, anxious to figure out who we're actually going to go for in midfield as you guys are. Because outside of the Bellingham interest, I'm in the dark as much as the rest of you. Uh, Chaz has said, the fact that George Mendes is Ugarte's agent makes it very interesting. Yes, 
So George Mendes' agency is called the Guest of You Agency. Uh, Diogo Jota, Fabinho and some other players have come into Liverpool via that agency. You probably remember seeing pictures of Deco uh, when we signed Fabinho at Anfield. He's um, We've got a good relationship with that agency and what I can say is if we are interested in Ugarte, then it's very doable for Liverpool to go in there and and start the ball rolling. But I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if we are or not. Why do Brighton want Milner? I guess maybe just to to keep the the mentality there. Like they brought in Adam Lallana and you know Adam Lallana brought a good strong winning mentality there and they're building something at Brighton and they look like they're going to lose maybe McAllister potentially um more. So I guess they're just trying to keep keep the vibe the way it is. You know, I'd imagine it's quite a fun place to play your football at the minute. Deserby's a good manager, Brighton are on the up and up. They're doing very well, uh, pushing for a European place. And yeah, I imagine they just want to keep standards high at the Amex and keep trying to progress and push forward as a club. So if you can get someone like Jimmy Milner in on on a free contract with a relatively reasonable wage, yeah. I think Brighton will be like Ajax team, got rid of all their players, taken off them by bigger clubs. I honestly don't know. I don't know, but I tell you what, I've been really impressed with Deserby as a manager. Really impressed with him. Replacing Henderson and Fabinho as a priority said, can we have a conversation on that, actually? That's that's a good topic, my friend. Um, KS Lethal, thank you. So, I'm with you, right? I've said this on streams and I've been ridiculed for it, but I understand why people would have a pop. I would sell Fabinho and Henderson. I would. I'm with you. I would say we need to refresh and move on from them. So for me, Fabinho can be upgraded. I think he is on the decline. Henderson, it's it's a tougher sale for me to make. Like it's a tougher pitch for me to sit here and say to you, you know, why we should sell Jordan Henderson. But I don't think when we refresh our midfield that there is going to be a place inside the first five positions in midfield for Henderson. So and if you will if you take it that Trent is you know, now an auxiliary midfielder or an inverted midfielder or whatever you want to call that role. Um, I get nervous. I get nosebleeds when I see Jordan Henderson being our furthest player forward on the right-hand side. And I was looking at an article in The Athletic today which w- was speaking about the new role Trent has and the positioning our players take up on the pitch and seeing Hendo on the heat map ahead of Salah at times, it is... Uh, it's strange, but in credit to Henderson, he was putting in some decent crosses against West Ham. Um, but look, I've got to say, if if he wasn't their club captain, I feel like this this argument I'd make about selling would be a bit easier. But I also love that people are so respectful of our captain because he deserves that respect. He's he's an immense leader. He's a great fella, and he's been a wonderful captain for a football club. But Time waits for no man, and Jordan Henderson, like Fabinho, his best days are behind him. That's my take on it. So if we're really going to be ruthless and we really want to push on, then there are some players there that I think could be looked at, could be looked at at moving on. But then again, look, there is something to be said for Klopp wanting some continuity of leadership and stuff like that around the dressing room. And if you're losing Milner, you're losing... Now, this is going to sound like I'm taking the piss, but I'm not. If you're losing Oxlade-Chamberlain, because what we say about Chamberlain, he is, I'm sure, a good lad to have around the club. 
Um, so you don't want to change the the culture of the club too much. But if we're looking at it from a purely footballing perspective, I think there are players at our team that are certainly past their best. Do you think Bellingham is the type to force his way to Liverpool? I don't think there's a need for him to force it. It's a really tricky situation because obviously Dortmund deserve to be treated respectfully because they've done really well by Bellingham. Whatever we think about wanting them to come to Liverpool, they've treated him and his family very well. They've done what they've promised them they'd do. They've helped them develop. They've given them the platform. They've given him the minutes. They've, you know, they've given him a good team to play in. So he's every right to want to be respectful to them because they deserve to be treated with respect. But at the same time, every week that goes by where his contract's getting closer and closer and closer to the end, and this is the summer where it's the last bit of real leverage that Dortmund have over this situation. If he doesn't move this summer and, you know, stays on or whatever it's just going to mean a hugely reduced fee next summer unless he does what's been mentioned by a couple of outlets and again i don't know if there's truth to this or not but this talk about him signing an extension with an 80 million pound buyout clause i don't know if there's truth to that or not in all honesty what do you think most realistic transfer window budget is i'm somebody that doesn't think we have a budget i'm somebody that thinks that we get players clap ones if we can afford them if that makes sense Maybe I, I'm in in the minority on this one, but for me, if you if you let the world know you have a budget, or even fucking if you let your manager know you have a budget, it um it doesn't seem like the right way to manage a club if you're an owner. So like if I was an owner, even if I wanted to spend money, I certainly wouldn't be telling my manager you have two hundred million to spend. I would say who do you want? Who do we need? And how much do you think they're going to cost? And then we go from there. Because, you know, like, if you're if you're a parent, imagine saying to your child, how much do you want for your birthday? You know, or if you're a child, imagine vice versa. Like, you you ask what's wanted and then you figure out if you can afford it. I know that's that's a, a long-winded answer, but I don't think, I don't know if there is a number for the budget. Uh, I'm sure there's a number... We can't go above, maybe, but I don't think it would be a situation where FSG would say, Jurgen, we have 100 million off your pop, or we have 200 million off your pop. Does that make sense? Because it's about getting the right players, and I guess as long as we can afford the, the players the club wants, then that's job done. Um, but what worries me, and I can only speak for my own reading of the situation here, is is anybody else starting to get a bit nervous that there's no. Seems to be no movement on any minority shares getting sold or any investment coming in. Because we've gone from a situation where we had that David Ornstein story broken where the club was potentially up for sale to that being poo-pooed and then, you know, the club are looking for a minority investor. But even that's gone very quiet. And the closer we get to the summer window without hearing about investment, the more I feel like FSG are potentially going to pull a bait and switch again yeah and that worries me that worries me because we should be we should be hearing about money being freed up at this point in my opinion and the the bigger confusion for me is all the the happy clappers who just say that everybody else is ungrateful that you know how dare we how dare we question the gospel according to john 
because John's delivered a Premier League and a UEFA Champions League and a Jurgen Klopp and a new stand and a an Annie Road end and a training complex and yeah, he has almost by accident. And he hasn't done anything to push on from there. When we won the Premier League, we didn't go out and build a squad then that was going to create a dynasty, did we? We didn't go out and make it known to the league immediately that this isn't a once-off, that we're serious, that we want to build on this, that we want to be the top club in England for the next 10 or 15 years. No, we didn't. We sat on our fucking hands. We played the lads to death. We ran every ounce out of them. And now we're wondering why after a season where they completed every single game they could have humanly played in and had a World Cup afterwards that we have injuries and our, our old midfielders are tired. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that out. But yet we're supposed to be ungrateful, right? We're, we're being labelled as ungrateful for their questioning the gospel according to John. Sorry, doesn't wash with me. And I don't care if we've won one of everything. That's brilliant. I don't want one of everything. I don't want to look back at Jurgen Klopp's tenure at Liverpool and wonder if there was a little bit more we could have done, if Jurgen Klopp's legacy could have been a bit better. Because we have a once-in-a-lifetime manager. Make no bones about that. We have a once-in-a-lifetime manager right now. And unfortunately, the frugality, for want of a better phrase, of FSG is holding us back. And nothing is going to convince me otherwise. Unless they... Well, they're not going to loosen the purse strings, so... He delivered nothing, Craig. The players and Klopp. Yes. And do you know what? I... And maybe you agree or disagree with me on this, but... I almost feel like Klopp, Edwards, Ward um, and the players are almost being punished for what they were able to do because I imagine John W. Henry's going, well, I kept them lean and hungry. I made them look for gems in the transfer market. I made them be creative. I make them go out there and find, you know, players that were maybe undervalued. And maybe he thinks that this is, a continuation of it maybe he thinks that he can keep this up but the world's moved on football's moved on there is no top four anymore it's now a top six or seven and it's getting more and more competitive every year Newcastle have been taken over Arsenal have come out of nowhere this season to be real contenders United are about to have a takeover and have a new manager and have got a trophy in the bank and have another final and they're in a Champions League position so we can stand still and I just feel like we are you know, some of this is on Klopp, said Lance. No midfielder last year. 100% agree. The fact that Jurgen Klopp sat there with a straight face and told the world that we were wrong and asked how we could improve on the attributes of some of the midfielders that were at the club is laughable. No argument, Lance. It's laughable. The fact that it ended up with Klopp admitting that he was wrong and us ended up with Arthur Mello is a goddamn disgrace. It's a waste of a loan fee. It's a waste of wages. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of minutes that a younger player could have had, somebody with a future at the football club. It's a joke. It's a laughing stock. And again, that just gets brushed under the carpet. When do we grow a backbone as a fan base? When do we actually speak up? Because I get it. People don't want to see, to seem like we're petulant, spoiled arseholes of fans. I understand it. And I do know Liverpool's different. And I know, you know, we're a club that gets behind their managers and we're a club that tries to, you know, remain consistent and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately... Football's moved on. We need to start acting like the big club that we are 
or we need to start understanding that we are going to be also rans because there's only so many rabbits Jurgen Klopp can pull out of a hat. There's only so many miracles can be worked. There's only so many gems can be unearthed before other clubs and other teams start going through similar methods. And we've stepped away from the statistical data-driven scouting that we were famed for under Jurgen Klopp, FSG, um, Ward and Edwards time. And now we're seeing to go back to the eye test a bit more, uh, which has proven to be wrong. And our manager's proven to be wrong. And I go back to the Julian Brandt versus Mohamed Salah debate where the manager apparently wanted Brandt and the statistical uh, side of things wanted Salah and kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And who was right? They were right about Salah. Look at him. He's been amazing. But the last thing you want is to be a Chelsea. Oh, no, 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 mate. Sorry. It, uh, maybe I've come across the wrong way here. And that's on me if I have. We definitely don't want to be changing manager, pal. I didn't mean it that way. Chelsea are a joke in what they've done. And Todd Bowley is a joke in what he's come in and tried to do and the way he's gone about it. it it's weird. So, yeah, no, I'm not trying to say that we changed the manager. No, no, we've got the manager. We, we've got the right fella. I just feel sometimes I'd like to see Klopp push back against the owners a bit. Mainly because there's very few times as a manager where you're going to be at a club where you are it. You are idolised. You are back to the hilt. You are a messiah. And Jurgen Klopp will be supported by the fans in whatever he does. If he was to step up and question the owners, he'd be backed. He'd be backed by the fan base. We know this. Todd thinks he's prime Alex Ferguson building a team. Oh, he's so bad. Like it's we get laughed at, right? On on social media. You guys as well. And we're told, oh, playing fucking FIFA or playing football manager. Oh, look at it. It's not like that simple. Todd Bowley has come in and spent six hundred million pounds and made his team worse. I would say that any of us would be embarrassed at doing that and would do a better job than Todd Bowley. And we're nobodies. We're morons. We're idiots. We're the FIFA generation. But we wouldn't have spent 600 million quid and went into free fall down a league table. It takes a special kind of ignorant, uh, clueless, arrogant twat to do that. And to think you're clever doing it in the meantime. And to dish out six, seven, eight year contracts. And to think you're uh, you're smarter than everybody else in the room. It's um, it, it's It's almost too good. I'm almost enjoying Todd Bowley's fuck-ups too much. As a Liverpool fan, I'm I'm finally feeling optimistic again. The team are getting points. Even when we're not playing well now, we're grinding out wins. I'm optimistic about next season, sincerely. No matter who we get in the midfield. I thought about this long and hard last night. And I might contradict myself a little bit here. But look, that uh, that is my right as a football fan. But you know what? I've been thinking about our midfield search. And let me know if you agree or disagree. I don't necessarily know if we need the superstars. We're talking about Ugarte. We're talking about uh, McAllister. We're talking about those type of players. I think that's right. Because when I think about what Jurgen Klopp actually wants, needs, and utilizes from his midfield, we aren't talking about those superstar, silky, skillful, thread the ball through the eye of a needle type midfields. We're talking about energetic, athletic, physical uh, box-to-box clever players. I wonder I wonder in a weird way if we do have, let's say, three midfielders for a 120 mil window. I still think he'll get it right. 
I still think he'll do. He'll find the right way to get the right balance. I'll say what I've said all season. I don't think we're as in a bad as position as people made out we were. I don't feel like we're too far away from where we need to be. I think we do need completely fresh legs in midfield. But yeah, I don't think we need to go out there and... Look, I'd love a Bellingham. And a Bellingham would be a game changer. And you could put legs around him. I'm, I'm really, 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 really confident Jurgen will get this right. I'm confident he'll get it right, you know. Of all the departments in our team, midfield is the one area where I think we never really look to be flashy. If that makes any sense. I mean, I could be talking absolute pony here. And you could be at home scratching your head going, Craig, shut up. I just thought, like, do we really need the superstar midfielders? I think I think maybe not. Thiago was right time, right player, right fee. But I don't think there's any way we get Thiago if we had to pay 50, 60 million quid. I think that was just a case of the stars just aligned and a good deal was there to be had. I think we got a very good deal. Now, I also don't feel like Thiago naturally fits into our midfield. And now when I'm looking at our midfield and I was doing my my preview for the game and I was talking through the midfield that I was going with, I couldn't put Thiago in there with a good conscience because I think we've been worse when Thiago's come onto the pitch recently. And I think the midfield that sees Curtis Jones in there is the midfield we need to be going with because as much as I've ridiculed Curtis Jones's performances, I am not somebody who's afraid to put my hands up in the air and say, he's doing well. He's doing really well. I couldn't be happier that he's doing well because that's what we want. We need McAllister, said Tyg. I think he's the one. I think McAllister is the fit. I think I think he works. He he strikes me as a Liverpool type player as well. He's not the tall athletic type midfielder that I've spoken about, but he is he has the work rate, he has the steel, he has the ability to get into the penalty area if needs be. And I can I can see him at Liverpool. I could see him being a Liverpool type player under Jurgen Klopp, and I'd be very very happy with him, with a Thuram maybe from Nice or an Ugarte or uh, I, I. Do you know what lads? I just don't want Mount at this point. <laughs> I've talked myself completely out of any want for Mason Mount. He's definitely the better option than Caicedo. You know what? I agree, and I think we're in the minority. LFC fan. I know most Liverpool fans I speak with would say that they want Caicedo from Brighton. I think McAllister is a better fit for Liverpool. I sincerely do. Caicedo's a great player. And look, he's going to get better. He's still a young man. He's still learning his trade. But I just think I just think McAllister, for what we need, is is the right one. But again, I absolutely understand if you disagree. It, you know... You're talking about two great players here. You're talking about two very good football players and you're not going to be displeased having either one. And Brighton Brighton deserve tremendous credit for unearthing these talents. Joel Matip. Joel, Joel Matip. Uh, Seen a link today. I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Coming out of uh, Italy that suggests, actually coming from Forza Roma, I think you see where I'm going with this, that suggests that maybe Jose Mourinho is interested in bringing Joel Matip over to Italy um, if Liverpool are willing to to sell in the summer. I think that would be a great fit. I think Mourinho will get himself a perfect player for his team and for the league. And I think it would be a good move for Joel. I really think that is a brilliant match. Because he'd be like... 
Mourinho would love Joel Matip. He's a very, very Mourinho-y type player as well. Um, he's 32. I've seen somebody say what age is he? He's 32. And he's got one contract, one year left in his contract at Liverpool at the end of this season. So if Liverpool are looking to move him on, I mean, weirdly, I'd like to see him at Roma. I would. I'd like to see him at Roma. Um, I think it'd be a good move. I've not seen a number, by the way, and that's that's interesting. I've not seen a number mentioned about what we may look for Joel Matip. The number was €15 million. Euro. Oh, that sounds reasonable. And Wayne said the same. That sounds fair for a player with one year left on his deal who's 32 years of age that we got for free. So I guess that seems rather reasonable. It took a while for this story to actually come about, and I'd wondered what the hell was going on with this player and why he wasn't being linked more and more. But... The story coming out from 90 Min today are saying that Ibrahim Sangar has been linked with a move to Liverpool. Not just Liverpool, also Manchester United, Arsenal and a couple of other clubs had scouts at the recent game, I think, between uh, PSV Eindhoven and Ajax. And they go on to say that Liverpool were looking to scout Sangar and Timber. So um, I, I'm surprised that he's still at Eindhoven. I didn't think that he'd be there at the end of the last window. I thought that... Uh, I thought somebody would snap him up for 30, 35 million. And if I remember correctly, that was the clause that was in his contract. Um, but it went really quiet. And I started to wonder what's going on with Sangar because, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying Liverpool are definitely interested because, again, I do not know. But he, I can understand it. I could understand the link. Uh, Reggae Dragon said, I'm a big Sangara fan. I feel like his size and motor would be amazing on the clock. I feel like uh, I feel like Stonage mentioned this to us as well. You know, I like to give Chris his fair dues because he was the first one that ever brought up Gakpo to us. Um, and I feel like Chris, if my memory's right, you know, Chris loves his stats. I uh, I have memories of Chris suggesting Sangara as well. Craig, did you see the Nice links today? Yes. Um, so I'm going to move on to speak about those. Again, check out the Anfield Agenda Twitter account for these stories. Apparently, Lekeep have said that Liverpool are interested in two Nice players, Kefren Thuram, who we've mentioned a few times here on the channel to you as um as somebody who we've been linked with. Comes from good stock, you know, son of a World Cup winner. But then there was Jean-Claire Todibo. Now, I'm not going to fuck around and lie. I know absolutely diddly squat about Jean-Claire Tadebo, and I mean nothing, absolutely nothing. Wouldn't know, wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. So, thoughts on Tadebo? Tadebo was great, he's from La Masia. In that case, Jermaine, I'm about, I should know more about him if he came through at Barcelona. But yeah, I don't know, yeah, don't know much about the kid at all. You know, though, we were talking about. Trent's new inverted role and I spoke about it in a video yesterday there was one little add-on to that that I've only noticed after reading an athletic piece as well so full credit to the athletic for pointing this one out but so we speak about Trent who plays now in this kind of 90 degree angle where he he's inverted like this and doesn't go up the sideline with Henderson further up but one other positive trait about that is that when when Canade or Matip or whoever it is in, in the right centre-back position when they have to step across if an attack comes down our side, what I didn't notice until the Athletic pointed this out is that the straight line that Trent now runs to get back into almost a centre-back position. And you probably remember a couple of times Trent broke up play against West Ham just ahead of our 18-yard box. And that was from that tracking back in a straight line uh, to break up play. So again, that's another little 
just a little note, I guess, with regards to keeping an eye on, on his new position and um, and how it impacts the defence. K.S. Lethal said, I think part of the reason our defence has been so woeful this season is because of the midfield being so wide open. Agree? Uh, no defence in history has done well without a midfield that's able to cover in front of them and track runners. We will see a resurgence next season. Mate, I, no notes. <laughs> no notes dude absolutely agree with every word you've written you probably add a bit more to what you've said i think that we've also needed our front players to be pressing more and the press wasn't as it should have been um as which is why i disagree with people who are pushing for darwin to start i think klopp's decision making has been spot on in going for jota instead of darwin because the system the pressing the can like once we get the press right once our players are pressing as the manager wants them, you then see Liverpool start to condense the pitch into a much smaller field and move 10 or 15 yards higher with the hope, of course, to cause uh, cause turnovers of play. And it's not rocket science. If you win the ball back higher up the pitch, you've less distance between yourself and the goal. And we like to condense the pitch. We like to use the offside trap to our advantage. And we're at our best when we create these moments of chaos. So... Yeah, I agree. But I would just add in that I think the forwards, and they have been better. And who would have thought I'd be uttering these words, but Curtis Jones has been a pivotal reason why Liverpool have been back at it in the recent... I don't want to say four games, because I don't think I don't think the press was as important against Forrest in that game. I think they just sat back a bit and the game just became a bit mad. But Curtis Jones against West Ham, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Trent, baller, absolutely playing worldy. But I can't I can't help but say, like, I'm blown away by Curtis Jones' energy, intelligence of his press and, and his determination. Lads, I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier and happier to be wrong. I'm so I hope he can keep this up because He's starting to look like the real deal. He's starting to look like maybe Klopp's persistence, maybe Klopp's patience, maybe Klopp's belief was right. Uh, Aza Pax has said, Curtis Jones, despite putting in good performances last couple, still has so much, uh, still gets so much from many LFC fans. It's sad to see. See, right, I'm a gobby fucker. We know this. I'm a reactive, emotional, mouthy clown. No argument. But what I'm not afraid to do is put my hands up in the air. You know, if I criticise a player and that player in the next six, seven weeks starts playing well, I have no problem coming on here and saying I'm wrong. He's been brilliant. Fair play. And I wish some people would understand because some people just quote stuff all the time and saying, like, you said this, like, we're not allowed to change an opinion or we're not allowed to to form a new assessment of what we've seen. Wouldn't it be worse if I wouldn't? change my mind if I just had an agenda against the player and I wouldn't let it drop no matter what they did surely the fact that I or anybody is willing to reevaluate some of these form is, is a good thing or a natural thing at least father dick Byrne, <laughs> how are you all the way from craggy island so curtis jones is the passion and heart the whole squad had during the champions league win and you know what it's weird because it's almost like when Curtis Jones came out and spoke publicly about his ankle situation or his ongoing injury and how it has to be managed. It's almost like since he got that off his chest, since he's 
being able to be honest about what's happening, I don't know, like it's freed up something in him and he's playing with less uh, less weight on his shoulders or something. But he, he looks completely reborn. It's brilliant. Uh, David Newell said, credit where credit's due. He's been good of late, but if I'm being honest, he's not a regular starter for me. Well, he is now. For me, for the rest of this season, he definitely is if he keeps it up. But next season, when you rebuild the midfield, okay, I hear you. And But he certainly does enough to stay around. He's certainly... Like, for me, if you're saying we keep Curtis Jones, I'd be more likely to say keep Curtis Jones and start moving on the Hendersons and Fabinho's of this world because ultimately there is no way they're going to get better because father time is against them. But at least with Curtis Jones, there's the promising signs and he's got the age factor on his side. Do you think Klopp's frustrated with Darwin's finishing inconsistency? I think he was very fair in his assessment of what Darwin needs to work on. And he was very honest in saying that counter-pressing is a minimum in his team. And if you do that, you've got a good chance. But until you get up to speed with that, you're going to be in and out. And I think that's a fair assessment from Klopp on on Darwin because I can't say I, I, I've I disagree with him on that. I think Klopp was right. And I want Darwin to do well and Darwin will have bursary scores, but yeah, you do you can't have as much freedom in the role Klopp wants him to play. We need we need him to be on point. So yeah, look I agree with Klopp. But I do think Darwin will get it. I think it'll click. Uh, old Devlin said, I think Klopp seems frustrated with Darwin's lack of progress in learning English. It's hard to give an answer to that, isn't it? Because what's the only answer you can give? Maybe he's a bit thick. I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that. Because I don't know how long it would take me to learn Spanish, as an example. I remember reading up about Fernando Torres when he came to Liverpool. And I think they used to make him do things like um, order a takeaway and stuff like that. Like they used to put him in real world situations where he'd have to practice the... Now, I'm not saying he's ordering a Domino's or anything like, I mean, he's probably ordering a pasta or something far more healthy, but I remember reading about stuff like that as well, that like they certainly try their best to help out and make it as easy a process. But it's not just a new language for Darwin. Like he's he's from South America. He's moved to Portugal, where again, language barrier, albeit probably closer to his native Spanish tongue, speaking tongue. Um, and he's been there. He's been over in Spain, obviously on loan as well. And now he's in England. Um, with a big money move at a huge club and don't underestimate the weight of playing for Liverpool and what that means and the eyes of the world that are on you. So, yeah, look, I think Darwin's a project and I think we need to be a bit more mindful that some players like Cody Gakpo can drop straight in and be brilliant and understand it and get it and other players take a while. But it's about the long-term goal and I think long-term Darwin Nunes will be just fine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 